hey, give me a cup of your sperm, please. Five grand, okay. ten grand. No takers for that one. Yeah. Welcome to Movie Mugging, the father and son podcast that will let you know if you have a booger hanging out your nose. Most of the time. In what case would you not? Um, if there's someone I don't like, then you just uh, let them be embarrassed yep. when they go home and look in the mirror and let find it hang. It. I've been really disappointed in people before and I've had to have the conversation with them. I've gone a full day or I don't know how long and I've come home and looked in the mirror and, and there it is. And I'm just like, people... Fucking help me out, man. <laughs> I've it, helped several people out, and they're always like, oh, thank you. Right? You know, it's it's kind of embarrassing to them when you say it, but it's also one of those things that you're a good person if you let yeah. somebody know. No one wants to know that someone has seen a booger in their nose. It's kind of stupid that it's an embarrassing thing, though, because it's something you can't really help. And everybody's like, got them. Do you pick your nose throughout the day in public so people don't see it? I've seen that. I mean, But that's even worse, but... It's uncomfortable to tell somebody, "Hey, uh, you know what? You yeah, you got a little you got a little something." So me and Olivia have a little deal. I'll uh, I'll kind of tap her and I'll I'll look up at the ceiling, and she Boat knows. Check. Yeah, she knows what's up, and she'll do the same. And you know, it works out. So if I have a booger, and if my fly's down, look, I'm not going to ask you. Well, why were you looking down there anyway? Just I don't fucking care, man. Sometimes you just notice people's flies are down. Don't feel like I'm going to out you for checking out my junk. Just, you know, help me out, man. That's all I'm saying. Help me out. I'll help you out. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching movies, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. Episode 51. Dang. Finally got rid of that hangover (laughs) from the party from episode 50. Yeah. Man. That was crazy. It was crazy. The after party after that episode was fucking out of this world. Yeah, the whole production crew was, they were lit. It, It was awesome. It was awesome. Yep. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. It's Lobby Time with Vince and Jack. All right, everybody, welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is the time where we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to the movie we're going to be watching, but we still think it's important enough to warrant some airtime. Uh, I got a couple things today. Uh, you know how when you do searches on your phone, then all of a sudden stories keep coming up about that stuff? Mm-hmm. So I had an interesting one about Bull Durham the other day, uh, and it talked about other people who might have played that role. So imagine this, Crash Davis, Kevin Costner was perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other people that were considered, Harrison Ford. For Crash Davis? Yeah, for Crash Davis. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Kurt Russell. He's uh, the guy from The Thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Mel Gibson. Really? I just, I, you know no, what? No, I don't think any of them. I think if any, probably Kurt Russell. I mean, I feel like Harrison Ford wouldn't be as much of a jokester. I feel like he'd be more of like a serious guy. I love Harrison Ford. I mean, I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. He's great. Which isn't really much, to be honest. I Like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, probably. Oh, he's been in a lot of other good movies. that's it. He plays Jack Ryan and some of the... Jack Ryan <laughs> movies, like mm-hmm. the Tom Clancy, like the Clear and Present Danger. I can't remember what the other one was. He's really good in The Fugitive. I'm going to have to put that on my list. You're going to have to figure some th- yeah. something out. 
you know, I, I like Harrison Ford. I like Mel Gibson. I'm not a huge fan of Kurt Russell. I can take him or leave him. Um, Nuke Lelouch, the first choice was Charlie Sheen, <laughs> which he later went on to be in Major League where he was a pitcher. So I, I could see that working. Although Wait, what? Charlie Sheen played baseball? In, he's been in several baseball movies. Uh I thought you were saying like actual. No, I was like well, he was a pitcher in Major League Baseball. It's a a, mo- a movie called Major League, so I okay. guess I should have prefaced that. Yeah, he's a pitcher in Major League. But I, but I found that to be interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, it says here they were also keen on Breakfast Club star Anthony Michael Hall playing Nuke Lelouch. Really? I don't see I, that. I didn't like that at guy all. really. I mean, I liked him in Breakfast Club, but I didn't like him in Sixteen Candles. There's no way. No, yeah, that would just been a huge, huge. That mistake. would have that the movie would have been way worse had that happened. Yeah. All right. Next. So in our last movie, we watched Stifler get his um, butthole fingered. Well, yeah, but there was a purpose behind it. They milked his prostate in order for him to give semen to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. The guys were out of money. They decided they decided to donate some sperm to help them get gas money or whatever. So I kind of looked it up, mainly for you. Uh-huh. Yeah, asking for a friend. Yeah, this comes from the Phoenix Sperm Bank. How much will I earn for sperm samples? Donors can earn $70 each time. Healthy men are able to earn up to $1,000 a month. Wow. The ideal age is between 18 and 35, with 40 being the maximum age to apply. So I did a little bit of math, and if you started at 20, because you're you're nearing 20, mm-hmm. and you did it until you were 40, over that time, if you did $1,000 a month, that's $240,000 that you could make. Just, just for jacking mm-hmm. off. Yeah, instead of putting it all in that Dude. sock that's underneath your bed, you I could make even, money. I've never done that before. Yeah, whatever. But, I'm probably actually going to do that. Like, very seriously, I'm going to do- donate sperm. I've always, like, wondered about it growing up. And you donate sperm right now anyway to either the toilet or the sink. I mean, yeah. it's going somewhere. But the sink? I don't know, man. I guess I'm giving away my teenage secrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, there is a vetting process. you got to do a questionnaire. There's a lot of stuff you got to go through. And your sperm has to be, like, top-of-the-line sperm in order to get those... In order to get that thousand dollars really a month, good. well, but you don't know how many swimmers you have. You don't know. Oh, I have many. <laughs> I am healthy. What are you basing that information fertile, on? You put them under a microscope fruitful. when you're done. I have many kids swing, swimming in there. But wouldn't that be weird if you donated that much sperm to wonder how many kids you had out there? I mean, yeah, that'd be something I would try not to think about. But what if they, like, tracked you down? I think there was a movie like that with Vince Vaughn. What if they tried to track you down and you had, like, 77 kids and they all just kind of wanted to meet you, see what their dad was like, have a relationship with you? Like, hey, you know, will you play catch? I missed out on that with my bio dad. Would they have to go through the records? I don't think it's or a is, thing. Or is it like they take a picture of you and on your little cup of all the sperms, there's a little picture of you so the lady can choose and, like, custom make, Yeah, you know? Yeah, well, like I feel like that would probably be a thing. I mean, at least in the, somewhere in that case, I'm not sure you would have any kids. Like a choose, yeah. I know. They would just walk right past your cup, kind of like an ugly dog at the pound. But it's like a the, you know what I mean? Some good customization. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know how it works. I think they say, all right, this came from a 
obviously, obviously from a guy. Um, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have any family history of heart conditions or cancer uh, or mental yeah. health conditions or anything. Or maybe I wouldn't be a great candidate. <laughs> well, you can always lie. Just go in there and say, "Hey, I've never no, done this. I've never done that." Fuck up some poor ladies, many poor ladies' lives. Yeah, maybe. Why is my son such an asshole all hey, the time? Thousand dollars a month. I think that's probably worth. And you would not have to support them. And, <laughs> that's and the best part. Chances are you would never ever know who they are. Yeah, that's like I, cool. I don't think that's a thing. But but you know what? Nowadays, with so many people being able to hack into databases, they they could end up finding you. I don't really care. And then they just want to come stay with just you keep because my door locked. You're the bio bio dad. You got a lot of baby mamas out there. Is what, it <laughs> up, what it would end up being mm-hmm. more than professional athletes anyway. Or is it sugar mamas then because they paid for it? They didn't directly oh, pay wait. you. True. I mean, what if they did? What if a lady came up to you and said, "Hey, I got a cup. Hey, I have go a to town. Baster. Go to town. I'll, yeah, I'll use my turkey baster. I'll give you five hundred dollars. Are you doing it? Do I go home and then bring the sperm sample, or do I get in her car with her and just sit in the back seat? Or she's like, hey, just step around the corner and no. fill, fill the cup. Then I'm not doing it. So what situation would you do it? Like, she doesn't want you to go home because you could fill it with any kind of sperm or somebody else's. Um, it's like a urine test. I guess it could be more like, I, mean, I the, the only thing is I wouldn't want to go to a stranger's house is the <laughs> thing. That's the only thing. Is you never know what could be a trap or not. I mean, seriously, well, I'm serious on that. Like yeah. some some pretty lady comes up to you and is like, "Hey, come to my house and donate sperm." You're probably gonna die or get kidnapped and sold into sex slavery or something. I think I would initially say no as well. Yeah, but then if you're if you can be 100 percent sure and she doesn't want you to go to your house because then you could get like. Uh, nasty Uncle Al's sperm or something as a substitute. <laughs> yeah. Then, then yes, you can go there, and maybe you go in the bathroom, and she sits outside and makes sure she doesn't hear anything suspicious. She listens at the door, I, and she's make like, sure she. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I probably would not do that. No, I'd have to be in a really weird state of being. To, okay. to just someone walks across the street and says, hey, give me a cup of your sperm, please. Come in this alley with me and then come in this cup and I'll give you $1,500. Show me it. Show me the 1500 Okay, she shows you the 1500 Just stand by this How dumpster and fill the up the alley? cup. You're going to stand behind That's a dumpster. Nobody can see you. Um, I mean, it might take me a while back there, but... <laughs> She gives you a magazine. It'd be like, hey, can I have a little help? Yeah. I mean, probably. $1,500 is a lot of money. <laughs> but I was also thinking of another stipulation for that Animal Come episode oh, we had. Oh, gosh. We can't keep going there, man. Where, like, do I have to finger the prostate oh, of, the, the, <laughs> of the bear to sniper shot my mouth? Look, but, we, we did that episode, what, like a month and a half ago, and you're still fantasizing about what I'm you're going to do? I'm fantasizing. You, I just you, thought about it now. Mm-hmm. When you said, when you started talking about Stifler this episode, I thought, wait, that would be a, like a fucking horrible stipulation, putting your fingers up an otter's butt. Otter? Uh, this, uh, we were saying any animal, whatever, fuck off. <laughs> and I, I regret bringing it up. You should regret bringing it up. Hey, fuck you. You just asked if I would nut in a cup in an alley we for $1,500. You should be ashamed. Because we were talking about sperm donation. 
And look, if you have to go through all these questionnaires and stuff, and maybe you, maybe you, how hard can the fucking questions be? I'm, but you might. How long is your rod? No, it's not like that. How big are your balls? It's to find out, like, which ball hangs lower than the other. Like family history and and things like that. They want to get healthy sperm from healthy people. How many wrinkles are on your ball sack? But like, some lady can't afford it, and she sees you, and she's like, I mean, he looks fit. And pays fifteen hundred dollars. She, you know, how much do they per, they pay for sperm samples? Well, I already told you, like seventy bucks. No, no, the women. I have no idea. No way, it's fifteen hundred dollars. I don't think there's they can, no way they make that much profit. Look, they pay you seventy bucks, and then people are paying they thousands of dollars for it. They can't just walk in and be like, "I want that cup with that guy's picture on it," and leave with that. I think they get the sperm. They're the like, process. "I want that." And then they go get artificially inseminated, like in a medical place. They don't just get to walk out with it and put it in their fridge until they're ready to turkey baster it in there. That's not a thing. So they, they like, I want that one. And then they get the process rolling and then they set up an appointment mm-hmm. at a OBGYN or whatever. And then and they, they shove whoosh, it in, shove it on in there. And I mean, I'm assuming that's what they that do. was weird. You, he had his hand spread, like open and fingers spread. And then he, it was on a turkey like, baster. I didn't know a turkey baster was like that. Yeah, it has like this. I thought it was like end. a glorified funnel. No, <laughs> gosh, I, I, I didn't realize sp- it had like the the uh, <laughs> the arm pressure taker. Yeah, it does. Blood pressure taker, arm pressure. Yeah. So a check fun- my arm pressure. So a funnel. She's gonna have to yeah, stand I, on her head. No, I thought you just dump it in there and hope it all gets. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I'd never seen a turkey baster. I just knew that that was the tool of choice or whatever. Here we go. Here we go. It's that kind of episode. Mm. Or at least that's the way it started. Yep. All right. You got anything else for the lobby? No. All right. Well, let's head on back to the Wait, pod. I do. Uh-oh. How much are you taking? So it's like the lady comes up to you, hey, get in this alley and nutting this for me for blank money. Well, it would have to just be for fun because I have a vasectomy, so it really wouldn't oh, be any good. But theoretically, if you did not <laughs> make the best decision of your lifetime, then uh, it, how would it play out? How much money? First of all, it was right after you were born. I'm just going to put that out there That's right fine. now. That's fine. Yeah, you already had two fuck-ups. <laughs> you were like, fuck this shit. Uh, how much money? You're not married. You you don't have a vasectomy. There There's nothing. It's like being in my position. In How much? The same situation behind a dumpster in an alley. Yes, that's what I had to do. I don't know. I did for fifteen hundred, like ten bucks. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ten bucks, even though like it's not that bad of a thing to do. Ten bucks, you know, you can milk out more than ten bucks. I mean, no pun intended, Gosh, right there. Gosh, man. No, I, I meant like no, from I, the from the person trying to pay you. You know, you could if they want that sperm bad that you can negotiate to much <laughs> higher than ten bucks. Obviously, ten bucks is a joke. Yeah. Um my stuff was worth a lot of money, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure. So let's look at me. Let's start the bit yeah, the five kids grand. You've both the both both the kids you've had are just so perfect. <laughs> five grand, okay. ten grand. No blah, blah, blah. takers for that one. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No for, uh, lobby time. No. Thank goodness. All right. Let's You're head the on. one who brought that shit up. Let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room and Jack will unveil today's movie. Okay, so this movie came out in a good year, in 1994. Oh, that's the same year that... Uh, Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, so that's the same year that Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, 
and the Shawshank Redemption Ooh. came out. Okay. Huge year for movies, and I'm sure yours is going to be right up there with, with all three of those. Okay, so uh, it was rated R, a runtime of 104 minutes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 73%, while the audience gave it a 95%. IMDb gave this an 8.5 out of 10 stars. The Mormon mothers tell us that the word fuck is used between 15 and 20 times and that someone is seen taking a psychoactive pill twice. This movie is called Leon the Professional. All right. Which All right. I think around 2015 or 2016, I somehow heard about it and watched it on my computer. And that was the first and last time I remember loving it. And I remember hating parts of it. Yeah. Because uh, they're fucked up. I already got lots of things I want to say about this movie, but obviously I'm going to wait until I'm after we watch it. So, yeah. I just remember I, the ending, I've, and that pissed me off real bad. I've not seen this in a long time. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it also. Good. Good pick, I think. Yeah, me too. All right. I think there could be plenty of conversation about swapping childhoods with Natalie Portman in this Gosh, one. Gosh. Wow. She was fantastic in this. She was. She was amazing and in this. Was, is his name Jean or Jean? Probably Jean Reno. Or, probably Jean. He's that's got what that I thought. French seemed, accent. Sort yeah. of. All right. Let's not talk anymore about yep, it. Yep. Let's uh, go ahead and take a movie mug and pause. And we are back after watching 1994's Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. Sad movie. Yeah, it, it's sad, but... It has a whole sad undertone, but I was mostly referring to the untimely death of Leon. I mean, let's get into that here in just a second. Let me give it the 50-cent tour. Um, the story is about a 12-year-old girl, Matilda, and her dad is like a corrupt drug dealer, I guess, and he finds himself on the wrong side of some crooked DEA agents, and they kill the whole family. But Matilda was out getting groceries. Uh-huh. And when she came back, she knocked on Leon's door, the hitman, and he lets her in. And they just kind of, he kind of takes her in and slowly actually starts teaching her to be a hitman. Mm -hmm. Which, if you've never heard of this movie before, kind of sounds a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. The but concept it, it, of it. This movie makes that all, I mean, that could totally be a shitty B movie just by the 50 Cent Tour, I yeah. guess. But this girl has nothing left. She's not even mad her family died except for her four-year-old brother mm -hmm. caught in the crossfire. Uh, well, I think they actually just shot him. But Yeah. Uh, so she has nothing left. He's super cool. He's a professional hitman. She figures that out when he says he's a cleaner, which she, I, I love that term. She's like, you're a hitman. He's like, yep. <laughs> he doesn't even yeah. try to hide it. He doesn't even try to lie. It's just she has nothing left, and he is very admirable, honest, and caring, and so I and guess quirky. and quirky, <laughs> for sure. And so I guess she just wants to follow in his footsteps, and and she's got revenge on her mind. So she yeah, wants to become a hitman just so well. she can get back at the people who killed her little brother. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the cop finds out who she is and where Leon is, and then there's the big final showdown, which they got embarrassed. Let me tell you that. Yeah, they got. The cops. Yeah, the cops got so embarrassed. Like the he, fucking SWAT team. The most guns he ever carried on himself at once for shooting, well, if, obviously for shooting, <laughs> but two pistols. Most of the time, just one. And he like destroyed like 12 guys with assault rifles. 
and yeah. he had two pistols. He got shot like I uh, once in the arm that I saw, well, like in the shoulder. Because he's the professional. Yeah. And you know, they talk about to become an expert at something, you gotta put in at least ten thousand hours in it. So maybe he'd put in that but many he's a hours. Professional. That's ahead of an expert. Is it well, I mean you don't have to be an expert to get paid to do something. Cause I mean I've worked at pizza places, so that means I'm a professional pizza well, chef because I got paid to do it. That's true. But this guy was but he you, was the number one best hitman ever. You were not an expert at making pizzas. I got paid for it. No, oh yeah, but that's professional. Yeah, okay, I see. All right, let's see what the internet has to say about it. This comes from IMDB. Matilda, a twelve year old girl, is reluctantly taken in by Leon, a professional assassin, after her family is murdered. An unusual relationship forms as she becomes his protege and learns the assassin's trade. Which was really a small part of the movie, that she was actually learning anything. They made it sound like that was the plot, which, I mean, it would have been if he had survived. Then, like, the after movie, you could assume that they trained. I figured you'd want a part two of this, where she grows up and becomes a kick-ass hitman. It it, it would be a bad movie, but... (laughs) <laughs> I, I would like to see that. I yeah. figured. It, it would be corny, and it probably wouldn't be worth it, but it's just one of those things that even though you know that, it's hard not to want to see more, especially for the way things ended in this movie. Let's talk about the casting, because I think this movie was Excellent. casted wonderful. I mean, the three main characters, everybody else could have been pretty much anybody. I mean, but Tony was pretty good. Yeah, he's been in a lot of like gangster-type movies and stuff, and he, and he plays that well. He does. But Natalie Portman is the 12-year-old girl, and, and I read just before we came on here, she was like, she turned 12 while on the set of this. Wow. She was phenomenal. She's a great little actress. Mm-hmm. She was phenomenal. Um, the Hitman was played by Jean Reno, mm-hmm. and he had like this French-type accent or something. And he It was Italian, apparently. He was like a quirky... I just he was perfect. He wasn't also. a people person. No, like no. He, he didn't hate people. He like, but he was he was just so socially awkward. And he liked living the solitary life, mm-hmm. and which is best for a hitman. Yeah, for sure. And then you got Gary Oldman as the evil, crooked DEA agent, and he's crazy. Yeah, he takes some crazy pills. Gary Oldman plays a really good bad guy, especially one who's really been out of shape and crazy and mentally unstable hell bent on mm-hmm. one thing like i mean i've seen him in book of eli mm-hmm. he wanted that fucking bible <laughs> yes, he, he wanted did. it so bad he was going crazy for it mm-hmm. and then in this movie this dude just he put he'll put the pill capsule in his mouth and then he'll like bend his head in a certain way and look in the look at the ceiling and just crack through it and bite it he choked at one point for a second. Well, I think it's gross. If you're it, taking like a capsule well, and it's, it's got yeah. all the terrible tasting it's got stuff. Taste terrible. But I think maybe that helps get in your bloodstream quicker and makes you start feeling however you're supposed to feel. Because pretty much immediately after, you can just tell that something has its grip on him. The movie basically starts out, you get to see Leon and how good he is at, at cleaning mm-hmm. or killing people. I love the term cleaning for that. It's, it's pretty just, cool. It's really cool. It is cool. So you see him go through all that, and then he goes home, and you see his life. He likes to drink milk and sit around and do much of, of nothing. Uh, only uh, milk. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any water in the whole movie. So Gary Oldman's character, I think his name is Stansfield, Agent Stansfield, mm-hmm. he, he's a dirty DEA agent, and I guess all his cronies are too, and they come to the apartment right next door to Leon's, and that's where Matilda's family lives, and her dad... 
is doing something. Now, he's either holding on to drugs or selling drugs he for was the DEA to, or something. He was supposed to be holding them so then someone could come pick them up. And it went from 100% pure when they dropped it off to him to 90%, so they knew he cut it, and he said he didn't, so they gave him until noon the next day to have who did. And then that didn't happen, and of course... They came back and killed yeah. the whole family, but Matilda was out getting groceries. And so yeah. she walks up on this, seeing her whole family dead. She walks right to Leon's apartment. Which she's very smart for doing so. Rings the bell. Leon, of course, is looking out the peephole. Already had a gun in his Dude, hand. Dude, she's crying and saying, please let me in. That fucking it, acting, man. It, and there was a dude behind her mm-hmm. guarding the door to her apartment. And he was kind of watching this, too. So it added to the tension of, is he going to hear her? Like, is he going to realize that's not her house? Dude, I, I thought that scene, she was phenomenal. She was phenomenal just in the like whole movie. The crying and just tugging at your heartstrings, just let me in. That, and and Leon does. He finally lets her mm-hmm. in because he does have a heart deep down inside. This is one of those movies that, like, I forget I'm watching a movie, which which sounds strange because a lot of times you really get into a movie and you don't think, oh, hey, I'm watching a movie. But this is a movie that I just really, really, really got into. And just, it's very realistic seeming. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mean, so, yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, it is. It's he, not ridiculous, I guess. I mean, concepts of it can well, be. Sure. Like the fact that he killed so many people who had assault rifles and he had two pistols. Like, he would have been hit by a stray bullet at some point, like more than just one. I mean, even if he is a professional hitman, it's just one man with two pistols versus like an entire army of guys with assault rifles and light machine guns later. And and again, we'll, we'll get to the end here in mm-hmm. just a little bit. So he does not really want her. He wants her gone. Mm-hmm. And at one point... She's a liability. He's going to get up and he's just going to shoot her and get it over with just so he can go back to living his life. But she grows on him and she's like, teach me how to clean. And he starts teaching her how to assemble weapons and kind of how to live the life. She decides one day that she's going to take it upon herself to go get Stansfield. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the DEA office pretending that she's delivering food. She had and, a bunch of guns. Yeah, she leaves a note for Leon saying, hey, here's what I've gone to do. I'll be okay or whatever. Uh, Stansfield figures it out. And, and he has one of his cronies take her upstairs to the office. And they're like opening the bag and it's just full of all these oh, weapons yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Leon reads a note, comes in there, kills those guys, gets her out. In the end... Gary Oldman's character ends up seeing Matilda out on the street and follows her back to the house, Mm -hmm. the apartment where they're staying, and it's a setup. The SWAT grabs her, then it's on. Which is so fucked up that I doubt that would happen in real life. An an entire army of policemen who are trying to shoot. They, like, shot an RPG round into the apartment building. Well, I guess Stansfield was really high up in the DEA and said, we're going up against a world-class hitman. Let's take no chances. Let's send in the fucking cavalry or cavalry or cavalry. Whatever. It was definitely overkill. But they asked the girl, is he there alone? And she says yes. And they're like, do you have a key? She says yes. And then they say, is there a secret knock? Mm-hmm. And she gives them the fake secret knock. Mm-hmm. And so they went up and knocked, and it was eerie because you didn't get to see him when they opened the door or whatever, but he was above the door. And he shut it behind whenever yep. like four guys walked in. There's a fuckload of shooting. 
and then the door opens up again. <laughs> and, and the SWAT, more guys walk in. Yep, the SWAT sees all the dead agents on the ground, and There's so more and more people come still in. in the air. He's a badass, obviously yes. with weapons and pinpoint accuracy, mm-hmm. and he just he's taking them all down. And then he finally comes out, and then one of the guys is like, "Hey, peek around the corner, see what's up." And Leon's just there with a gun, Already right to like, the guy's head. Yep, release the girl. The girl goes with him. He gets an axe. He cuts a hole where the air conditioning vent is and tells Matilda, go down. I'll be with you in a minute. I'll meet you later. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to because there's that other undertone how she's in love with him. Like in love, mm-hmm. love, not like a daddy. No. But So she doesn't want to leave him, but she does. And then, like you said, they shoot a fucking like an RPG round in there. Yeah. And it blows up his place. And then he does a really, really smart thing. Yeah. He puts on, like, a police officer's clothing and the gas mask and raises his arm like, I'm hurt, get me out of here. Yeah, when they're trying to look for everyone. And the cops are like, we got a wounded man. They take him downstairs, and, dude, he almost gets away with it. And what's stupid is it never explained to you that Gary Oldman had any idea what Leon looked like. Like, I brought it up whenever Gary Oldman sees the medics checking out Leon because Leon had to pull his mask up. He recognizes him, but the movie didn't tell you how. It's kind of disappointing. It feels like he shouldn't have known that. Okay, there. So there because could have we been, didn't get to see it. There could have been a number of ways. He waltzed into a DEA building, killed people, and waltzed out. There could have been cameras there. But that's that another one him. of these things that you have to assume Mm-hmm. And I don't like that quality in a movie. Okay. It didn't really matter. It didn't really know, take away from the but movie But it just at all. does because I really <laughs> wanted Leon to live, but then the movie would have been bad. It's one of those fucked up situations where the main badass or good character or whatever has to die for the sake of movie quality and plot and because if he di- doesn't, it would just not be right. Exactly, and we've watched movies like that before, Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I don't always want... I can't always be okay with that. I don't always want them riding off into the sunset and happily ever after, because fuck, because if, if you've seen one movie, you've seen them all, if that's going to be the case. So in the end, Leon finds a way out, and he doesn't have the mask on, and he's walking toward an open door, and it's just... Escape. Daylight, bright... He's almost out of there, and then you see Gary Oldman coming up behind him. Mm-hmm. And I like how they did it. You knew he was going to die. Gary Oldman has his pistol right up to his head, and all you can see is the point of view from Leon. Yeah. And, and then you kind of see a flash, and then things kind of turn a little bit whitish, and then the camera yeah, just kind of falls down. But what was weird is how Leon still survived for a second after it. Mm-hmm. If he got shot in the head, you're just dead. I I feel like, I mean, how can you survive a bullet through your brain? Do people do? Yeah, whenever they get like one in 100 bajillion jillion chance that there's like a weird tunnel in their brain already. That's not a real number, by the way. Well, yeah, I know. But I mean, I've heard the story of on, on like I Should Not Be Alive or whatever that show was. And she got shot in the head, but there was already some sort of canal in her brain that the bullet perfectly passed through. I would dare to say that that does not happen very often with headshot victims, that it just passes straight through this nice hallway. I think it was quite apparent that he was going to die. Oh, yeah. And he just hadn't died yet. But then... Whenever Stansfield is standing over him after uh, shooting him, Leon holds out a hand or whatever, has something in his hand, 
and he's trying to spit out the words, and he says, this is from Matilda, and Stansfield opens up his hand after receiving it, and it's a grenade pin, mm-hmm. and he opens up uh, Leon's like jacket thing and sees a fuckload of grenades in it, and then there's this massive explosion. So I didn't remember that at all. I thought Leon died to a grenade. He did. Uh, technically, he did, but I don't remember him getting shot first. Yeah. If somebody hands me a grenade pin... There's no sticking around. I'm not going to stay there and open up and see if he's got a bunch of grenades or, hey, where'd that grenade pin come from? I'm fucking turning around and diving or getting the hell out of there. But Yeah. You know. But I'm very glad that there was some sort of revenge in there mm-hmm. because if there wasn't, it would have just been too much. Like, fuck. You wouldn't have picked this movie if there if fucking Stansfield oh, I didn't. Lived. I didn't remember it. Yeah. So I just remember really liking the movie. Good movie. It is a good movie. All right, let's uh, get into favorite parts. Man, I really liked when he was hanging upside down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point when he was above the door and all the SWAT guys were coming in on him, he swung upside down and where he's like facing into the hallway outside of his door and it was just bang, 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 bang. Just dual-wielding pistols. I kind of liked the sequence of um, the beginning house raid when they were killing the whole family. I mean, it was fucked up as hell. Yeah. Because the dude just walked in and just shot everything that moved, even though the one dad guy was his target, not the other people. It was brutal as fuck. It didn't show the little, the four-year-old boy get killed. That would have been a little much. That would have been way too much, yeah. It was just a bitch sister, a bitch mom, and a bitch dad. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was a more realistic-looking sequence rather than something more glorified and yeah. pumped up with effects. It was more of just, oh, get shot in the back and fall down. Yeah. Get fucked up in the bathtub, blood dripping everywhere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't know, it was crazy, but it wasn't movie crazy. I agree. I agree. I just liked the more realness in like, oh shit, of it. I had a couple favorite parts. Gosh, the acting by Natalie Portman when she's ringing the doorbell, let me in, and please, 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 that was just phenomenal, man. I just, as sad of a scene as that was, it was so gripping Mm -hmm. that, and that's a scene that I'd remembered, you know, when you said we were going to watch it, that's one of the first scenes I thought about because it, it, it is such a fantastic scene and fantastic acting and just just really grabs you at that point. But I also liked it when Leon's pretending to be the injured cop and they're taking him down all these flights of stairs and he just gets to see how many cops and SWAT or whatever is waiting to get him. They're going down flights of stairs and it's just lined with all these cops that are trying to come in. Like fucking hundred people or something like that. And then more outside. Yeah, I just, I thought that was really cool. Of course, I was a fan of all the shoot 'em up the the very first opening scene where he's just killing all these guys and then he ends up letting the bad guy live but telling him basically, hey, you're getting out of town. He was just cold. But then on the other side, he did have this great heart too. Yeah. Which, and he was quirky and he tried to cheer her up and it was just, I, I liked his character. He, he, was, he was a cool guy. And I know liking a character is not necessarily a favorite part, but I mean, there were a lot. I had a lot of favorite parts in this. And I have a feeling Bucket of Chicken is going to be very hard. Well, let's get to that. Right now? Yeah. Bucket of Chicken yeah. time. I had already been thinking about it. Man, I love Leon and I would, I would give it to him. I love Natalie Portman's acting. 
her acting was so impressive, and I would give it to her. But then Gary Oldman, his acting was so good in this movie, I thought. I thought he perfectly portrayed crazy, deranged, unremorseful killer, basically. And he did it so good. It was so convincing. He's great at that role. I just want to give it to all three of them. Hmm. And it's, it's impossible. I'm more leaning towards, I think, Gary Oldman, even though I think the most impressive part of this movie was some of Natalie Portman's scenes. I just, I don't know that I can do it. Pull, can I give half to both of them? Pull the trigger, Leon. Who's it going to be? Uh, I can't. <laughs> I, I literally can't. Pull they the can, I'm going to get two mini buckets and split it between Gary Oldman and Natalie Portman. Because this is our podcast, we can do what we want. Uh, too many buckets. So, all right, so you put me in a shitty position, right? Well, you can just give it to the... I, I, I don't always love the dynamic of I give it to one best part and you give it to the other because I love both. Okay, so let me just say... If you don't do what I did, it's a disservice no, to no, this no, country. No. Hey, I'm, it's a free country, <laughs> all right? It's Natalie Portman for me. She. I'm very happy with I that. I loved her acting. But now you're leaving Leon without a full bucket of chicken. I mean, Leon gets nothing? No, I... You I got mean, Gary Oldman already, and Natalie Portman. I, and, I'm and, not going to do two things. Like, in a past podcast, I've said, oh, and my little side of gravy goes to blank. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do too many buckets, a regular bucket of chicken and a side of gravy. I can't do the entire... $30 meal or whatever. I think two, two little min- buckets of chicken is bullshit. I think you need to shit or get off the pot. You need to decide. Fine, then fucking Gary Oldman then. Okay. But then Leon still gets nothing. I know. Sorry, Leon. I'll give him my side of gravy. There, nah. you, you let that one slide back then. You can't be butthurt about it this time. What the fuck are you going to do with a side of gravy? Oh, thanks for a side of gravy. You guys Maybe are eating he, chicken. I'm just going to drink drinks some gravy. Milk. He was a weird guy. Maybe he really likes gravy. Gosh. All right. Gary Oldman, bucket of chicken. Natalie Portman, bucket of chicken. And fuck you, You need you, to Leon. give him a good side. I gave him gravy. Give him, some, give him a side of biscuits. It's not a thing. It's, there's no such thing fuck as you. anything other than a bucket of chicken. That, that's what's coveted. That's what people get from us. Coveted. Fuck off with that. Mm-hmm. No one's even read your book. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so it's not coveted. They've listened to this podcast, and I've talked about how it's coveted. I've talked about yeah, how a lot you of people... made it up. They might pretend like they don't know anything about it. Like if you were to ask Sean Penn or something, hey, what do you think about the bucket of chicken? He'd be like, what? What is that? It's because he's never won one. He's going to downplay it. The I shit is real. I think he probably did win one. It's fucking coveted. What, what's his name? Oh, Spicoli? <laughs> yeah, I can't I right. remember. I, he so, probably did win one. All right, so... So think of something else. All Christian right. Bale. We don't watch Batman movies in here. Okay, so Christian Bale. He will downplay it. He's never won one, though. So, of course, he's going to be like, ah, oh, that's he's not important to me. He's never heard of it. Fuck yeah, he has. Nobody knows what that shit is. They fucking know. All right, score time. <laughs> they can't know. They fucking know. Score time. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 90. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was thinking 91. I I I didn't remember loving it as much as I loved it this time. I don't know. Like I said, I I got lost in it. And whenever a movie can just kind of pulls me in like that, and there was never a moment in this movie where I was like, oh, this is a little boring or it's a little no. bit slow because there was a lot of killing and action at the first, and then there was a long time without it until like the very yeah the climax pretty much. And normally, if I was watching a movie that I knew, okay, there's a hitman. 
I'd be disappointed if there was a long time in the middle without some action. But the story development yeah. of this movie was next level. Yeah. I would say. So I really appreciated that. It sucked me in. Yeah, 91. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. All right, thank you for tuning in to episode number 51 of Movie Muggin. If you would like to keep up with us, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Muggin, or, of course, you can email us at any time, moviemuggin at gmail.com. If you need any cleaning done, uh, you know who to call. Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, the other kind of cleaning? (laughs) That was pretty good. Thank you. uh, She'll definitely appreciate that. be pissed off about that one. All right, guys, have a Movie Muggin day. Fuck off, little boys. This is a man's game.